Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. The other co-host, Dan Faulkner. Dan, that's some a nice apparel that you're donning at the moment. Oh yeah. It's a uh came in the mail today. It says uh Texas Rangers World Series champions. I like it. I got a hat too, but I can't it didn't it didn't fit right over or the headset didn't fit right over the uh the hat, so I had to take that off. We might need to see if we can get Mississippi State basketball two time Barstool Sports Invitational champions as men's basketball is back at Mississippi State. The dentist made an appointment for the Sun Devils. They needed a root canal, and that man did not use any Novocaine. 71 to 56, your final score. Uh, Bulldogs start off the year with a dominant victory. This game was 39 to 18 at the half, and there were points in the second half where they were up by as much as 25. Um, I, I did not see this performance coming. And look, obviously, I'm I, I'm I was high in this team. I was excited, but like I, this game had me ever so slightly nervous because you just had no idea what to expect with no Tolu Smith, no Shaquille Moore, and you look at Arizona State. So many new pieces. Where again, just like us, you didn't have a great idea of what to expect from them. But I was like, okay, their strength is probably going to be their backcourt. Um, so what what does that look like without Shaq Moore out there? And then no Tolu. And they've got a seven footer that they're really high on at center. It's like, man, that that scares me. Like, you need Jimmy Bell to step up. You need somebody at guard to go out and give you a good, good performance. You got that. Um, Jimmy Bell. We'll start with him because we we all know what the, the guy who's going to get most of the attention. But I want to start with Jimmy Bell. The way he played, if he gives that performance on a regular basis going forward, I'm not worried at all about this team having a chance to be dangerous in the SEC. Like, obviously, you want Tolu Smith back. But the way that he was able to go up and get rebounds, the the putback shots, I mean, look, the day for him, he goes for 13 points, has nine boards. Let me see, how many offensive rebounds was that? If it can, I had the screen minimized. Now it's taking forever to go up. Uh, three offensive rebounds, which led the team. Just a, a, a big day. For somebody in your front court, which is, I, I, that was huge to see. And that was one of the performances that really had me excited for this team because it's like, okay, I know what I'm going to get out of Cam Matthews, who it was a vintage Cam Matthews performance, eight points, nine rebounds, uh, you know, four fouls on him because, of course, uh, but also gets three steals. Like, that, it's just a Cam Matthews game. DJ Jeffries didn't give you anything scoring-wise. He was 0 of 6 from the field. He only had one point. But he rebounds the ball nine times, and he played good defense throughout the night. I, I know what I'm going to get from Rams Davis. He had ten points in this game uh, on uh, two of five shooting, but he was five of six at the free throw line. Those are guys I know what I'm going to get from them. If I can get someone in the post, while we don't have Tolu Smith out, to just give us that consistent, you no, know, doesn't have to be a double double, but like kind of in that range of a double double. I trust we're going to get somebody when Shaq Moore's back. With Andrew Taylor coming in as a transfer, you know we we think Josh Hubbard can come along, but then a name that I don't think any of us were expecting to have the the debut that he did, and I don't think he was expecting this debut because he said he didn't even realize he was going to be the starter tonight. Trey Fort, what a debut for the young man! Goes for twenty one points on six of twelve shooting. He was five of ten 
from behind the arc. One of the better shooting performances we've seen from an MSU Bulldog in a while. I do think, I think DJ last year did have a game where he knocked down five threes. So, you know, we've had, and I think Shaq's maybe had, had a night like that. So I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I mean, MSU was 10 of 26 from deep. This Mississippi State team, after they started off, they were like two of 10, I think, behind the arc to start. And then Trey Fort just went off. I was very blown away from what I saw in this game. I like it. I, I like it a lot. And it's kind of like you said, it was a vintage performance. And and that's the thing. I mean, you look across the board about how guys shot from three. I mean, you know, DJ Jeffries um, only went over two. I mean, he, he didn't have a huge night, right? Uh, really not a good night at all. Um, and, and besides that, you know, the rest of the team was able to pick him up. Uh, and that that's what makes this team so special. I, obviously, I, it's, it's weird saying makes this team so special one game into the season. Maybe I shouldn't say that just yet. Um, but you know it's a phenomenal game. When you get to see uh, the box score, and you see there at the bottom with at least a minute played, Mr. Stansberry, um, I was asleep. And I, I saw the tweet when I woke up. It's like, Isaac Stansberry played. It's like, wow, yeah, we, we beat them bad. I, I went to bed at halftime. And so, I mean, when I went to sleep, right, it was still a dominant performance, right? And say what you want about the broadcast, right? I mean, yeah, it could have been a little annoying at times. I, I personally didn't care for all their obsession with that first to 10. Um, Obviously, it's a bias, but we have our own biases towards Mississippi State. So it is what it is. Um, Yeah, Trey Fort, he's a JUCO transfer. And, yeah, obviously – I think we all would have agreed. Yeah, we thought we were going to see Andrew Taylor in that spot. Um, but I think Trey had like a 45 uh, three-point percentage in, uh, in Juco. I'd have to check up on that. But, yeah, he was really good before he came here. So that that was well-known. It's just the rest of his ability, right? Would he be able to be a complete basketball player, not just a shooter? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this team looks pretty solid and, and just like looking ahead, I'm excited to, to take time out of uh, watching football Saturday to, to watch this team play UT Martin because Hey, they're a fun team to watch and, and look, uh, fun teams. They, they attract crowds. I think, I think you're going to get some good crowds at the hump this year uh, for this basketball team. Really good. Yeah, and, and, you know, I saw a few people make comments. I think Colton said something along these lines. One of my friends said this in a group chat. Basically, like, the fact that Andrew Taylor is not starting, should we be freaking out over that? Like, it's, it's a bad sign. Um, No, it, it was because Trey Fort clearly earned it with the performance that he put out there. And you talked about, you know, guys doing what they expect. Sean Jones, who I think – Sean Jones has completely flown under the radar this offseason. He was one of State's best options off the bench last season. And he comes in and gives you eight points. Uh, sorry, look, yeah, no, eight points. Sorry, I was looking in the wrong spot. Three of four shooting, two of three from deep. Um, Josh Hubbard, you know, like another guy that, that we had a lot of hype around. I had him being like the the breakout player for this team. You know, only two of six, but it was a couple three-pointers that he knocked down. It was a little errant with some shots. He definitely looked like a kid who was in his first college performance. Um, didn't get what you wanted out of Andrew Taylor. Um, he was 0 for 4. Did have three assists, though. 
to lead the team. So when he was on the floor, he was at least able to, you know, find opportunities for for other players. But I'm not really worried about it. Like this was a guy who's a 20 point scorer last season. I, I would imagine it'll come along for him as long as you have somebody. And again, you you still get to add Shaq Moore to this backcourt. You've got a great point guard in Sean Davis. If you can just find that one guy night by night or find a couple guys to come in and give you a good performance, again, with what Jimmy Bell was able to do, because, again, it's not just Toby Smith. Um, you also were without Keyshawn Murphy, which, speaking of, like, Guy Chol was a guy that I remember when he signed, there was a lot of excitement around him. Um, and, you know, it didn't really hear a ton of hype for him in the offseason. Uh, I know, like, the, the word from the scrimmage against Southern Miss is that he didn't really have a great day. I thought it, when he was on the court, I thought he played well. Only two points. It wasn't like he made a massive impact, uh, but he had a couple boards. Um, and he, he was one for one on his one field goal attempt. Uh, which, again, that doesn't blow you away, but I still thought he, he looked good when he was down there. And it is interesting. Like Arizona State actually outscored MSU in the paint, which you probably wouldn't have expected. I do think some of that happened later in the game when they were just able to get a few buckets there. But State showed a willingness early in this game to pull up from three. They weren't knocking them down earlier. Then I, you started to see them attack the paint a little bit more, and that's where Jimmy Bell, I thought, was really starting to impress me. And, and the moves he was making under the basket and the way he was going up and fighting for rebounds and, and getting offensive boards. Second chance points, by the way, that's a big place where State really dominated in this game. Arizona State only had three second chance points. Mississippi State had 12. Um, and like – ASU had more points off turnovers. Um, they had they were even in terms of fast break points, but that was kind of one of the big differences for you is that a state shot the ball a lot better. They shot forty percent uh, from the floor, and they were thirty eight and a half percent behind the arc. We're also seventy seven percent from the free throw line. Which, if you're Mississippi State, you will take that every single game. Arizona State only shot thirty two percent as a team, and they were about twenty four percent from deep. And like I, they were zero for nine shooting from three in the first half. And then they were like one for 11, one for 12 at some point late in the second half before they got a few, uh, not quite one for 12, but it, it was like, I think they were, I don't know, one for 12. Uh, they ended up being five for 12 as a whole in the second half. Yeah, I think, I think, I was looking at the wrong thing. They finished five for 21. I think they got to like one for 12 at some point in the game. And then they started to knock down a few. Once the game was out of reach, it's like, who cares? Um, I mean, that's what you expect from State's defense. Now, there was some sloppiness. There was a stretch there in the second half where they were turning the ball over. And I, I told Dan as we were pre- uh, getting getting ready to come on here and record, like I, fe- like, I was so happy to be watching a Mississippi State team and feel emotionally invested. Because, yeah, the apathy has set in for football. And it, it's it's beyond just the team being bad. This is going to sound really corny because I'm not about to act like I'm actually any kind of a, a writer or anything, but genuinely writing about the team and trying to speak objectively from that standpoint, I have reached a point where, I, you know, I don't always get as excited over stuff. Um, but obviously this season has just been so rough for football that it's just kind of been like, there's no point in getting frustrated. Just, it, it is what it is. Um, and I just kind of watched those games almost emotionless. The amount of times that I was just giddy with excitement watching Mississippi State basketball make good plays, it was nice to feel something. But the other side to that came in too, where there was that stretch in the second half where State just like 
I think State went like four or five minutes without getting a basket, and they kept turning the ball over. They were playing sloppy. Their defense was still doing what their defense does, but the game got to down to like 16 points, and I'm like, it's still a ball game. It is still a ball game. Don't choke this thing away here. But they, they made the shots down the stretch to, to make it to make uh, to pull away and get it done. And really nice win to open the season. Um, look, Arizona State's probably not going to be a tournament team this year. I, I said that in the preview. I just there were so many unknowns. The matchup did worry me a little bit, and I thought maybe State could drop this one to open up the year. But look, I don't know. Maybe we look back in a month and Arizona State's terrible, and you know State's having some struggles, but I really was impressed with what I saw in this game because I trust we know we're gonna we know we're gonna get Christian's defense. I I still expect that night in, night out. And the fact that you have found someone who can step in for Tolu, at least it looks like you have a to, uh with Jimmy Bell. And that you seem to have finally added some scoring threats. This team could be dangerous and this team could be a lot of fun. Um so a really successful first night. Obviously, they'll they'll be back uh, on Saturday at the home. Who are they playing? North Alabama? Oh no, UT Martin. Then then it's North Alabama. Um, so a couple home games uh, against you know, lesser competition. Do not get yourself epitome of brutality. That would be a bad thing to do for these upcoming games. But handle business there, and then you'll have Washington State uh, at the Hall of Fame Classic uh, next weekend. Um. But, yeah, great start to the season for men's basketball. Over to football now, uh, the sport that is not as fun to talk about. Um, Dan just grimaced a little bit. Guys, uh, Bulldogs have to go to college station. Now, this has been a game in the past, and if you're a Mississippi State fan, you look at it and say, I don't care what they're ranked. I don't care what their record is. We're going in there. We're beating them. Because that's kind of what the mentality has been for Mississippi State for a while, is we, ha- we own the Aggies. Uh, we are the true Aggies of the conference. We are the true maroon and white team of the conference. But this Mississippi State team is not great. This A&M team is not great either, but they're at least decent. Um, and it's hard to feel particularly confident about the Bulldogs going into this one. Um, I think if you're – you know, it, it's funny. We talk about – Coaches fired and hot seats. And look, we're not going to talk coaching names in this episode for what it's worth. But it would be, in a sense, it would almost be good for Mississippi State. If, if you are someone who subscribes to the theory that Jimbo Fisher is overrated and that Zach Arnett is not doing a good job at Mississippi State, well, then shouldn't you want Mississippi State to lose this game to further the chances that Arnett gets fired and then increase the chances that Jimbo Fisher is able to stay in College Station? That's That's just a thought. Uh, no, obviously, look, if, if State can find a way to win the game, good. Great for them. Um, and I don't think A&M is completely unbeatable, but I think this is a tough matchup for the Bulldogs. Uh, starting with the A&M offense, look, they are better. I know everybody mocked the Bobby Petrino higher, and they still haven't been dominant, but they are playing better. They're scoring 32 points per game overall in the season, and it's not like that number is just – completely inflated by non-con it kind of is but i mean they still put up you know 34 on arkansas 27 on auburn 20 on alabama bad night against tennessee only 13 but then 30 in south carolina 35 against old miss so it's kind of a more typical scoring output for a&m which you would at least expect out of them um 
33 on a Miami defense. That's actually been pretty good on the season. I know Miami's another team that people laugh at, but they're six and three. Um, they AM lost that game. They gave up 48, but it's not like the AM's offense just didn't do anything in that game. Now, the big question for the Aggies is going to be whether or not Max Johnson does play. They're already down to their backup because Connor Wegman went out earlier in the season. Johnson's kind of played half decently for them. Um, he, he's certainly not anything incredible. Sounds like he's probably going to play. If he doesn't, it'll be a Fresno State transfer, Jalen Henderson, who uh, has not done much of anything in his career. So that would be a perfect uh, rat game opportunity for Mississippi State if he does end up being the guy who runs out there. But, I mean, look, who's ever at quarterback, they're going to have weapons. Um, this A&M receiving core is really good. Anaya Stewart, uh, out of the slot, he leads the team with 39 receptions for 652. Anaya I mixed up. There's Evan Stewart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I knew what you meant, uh, but like I didn't know if anyone. Anaya Smith, and then there's Evan Stewart. Uh, Smith has been has had a really good year for them. Now Evan Stewart did not play last week against Ole Miss. Still questionable for this week. He leads the team. Well, he's tied for the team leading touchdown uh, receptions. Has 506 yards in the season. Four receiving touchdowns. That's you know, he helps their core, receiving core out a lot. He's one of those guys on the outside who would be going up against it to Cameron Richardson. Um, Bryce Pollock has been playing a lot more for state out at corner. So maybe that's a guy, who, you know, you, you could talk about him drawing a matchup and he probably have an edge. He's a very talented receiver. Um, Noah Thomas has emerged for them this year. He has uh, 259, four yards, four touchdowns. Jake Johnson, uh, Matt, Max's brother, has three receiving touchdowns at this point, which is second on the team um, at, at tight end. Um, and then look, Moose Muhammad is a guy that, he had a good game against Mississippi State last year. Hasn't done much of anything for the Aggies this season. But, look, this is a really talented receiving core. Um, probably one of the better groups that A&M has had in quite some time. And, again, Mississippi State's pass defense has been a struggle for much of the season. I um, mean, this is going to be one of the better receiving cores that they go up against. I thought they did a decent job last week against Kentucky, but they still allowed some big plays in the passing game. They still allowed you guys like Tevion Robinson, Dane Key, Barry and Brown to – make some plays out in open space, they're going to be challenged that way in this game, especially if you're talking about a situation where even if Max Johnson plays, I doubt they're going to be able to do much in terms of keeping him in the pocket for a long time. I think it's going to be a lot of trying to get the ball out of his hands quick, and that would be especially true if they go to the the third stringer. This is the type of game where it's like, okay, get those guys the ball on a quick slant and see if they can make a guy miss. And some teams have been able to do that against State. Uh, they got a good group of backs as well. Uh, Le'Veon Moss, I think, is also questionable for this game. Uh, he leads the way with 439 yards, uh, four touchdowns. He's they got essentially two backs splitting the workload pretty evenly, though. Amari Daniels has 425 and four touchdowns on the season. Uh, Ruben Owens is also a good freshman for them out of the backfield. So even if Moss can't go, they still have a good group of running backs that they can lean on to, to run the ball pretty effectively. And uh I mean, this is one of the better groups of skill talent MSU is going to face this season. Now, the Aggie offensive line has been susceptible to allowing some pressure. That happened a lot against Ole Miss. I think State's done a better job of generating pass rush in recent weeks. Um, but it really comes down to whether or not they can contain the skill talent. I mean, AM is like an 18-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. But with the questions they have in terms of health along their offense, a quarterback, and whether or not a guy like Evan Stewart or Le'Veon Moss are able to play, has State's defense improved enough that you think they could keep the Aggies from scoring enough to cover that? 
I, I just don't think so. Uh, I, I think there are too many weaknesses as a whole in the Mississippi State defense. So where a team is talented, it, 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 there is a bit of difference. A coach makes a world of a difference to a team, right? World of a difference. And I'm just doesn't quite have as good coaches. But my goodness, they are one of the most talented teams out there. Um, when you're looking at just the raw talent they have on the field, they're they're near the top. They're up there with Georgia and Alabama. They just, their coaches aren't not doing great. Um, and and this is going to be one of those games where like it doesn't really matter who's coaching for Texas A and M. Uh, they're 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 going to win. And so with that being said. Um, I don't trust the secondary quite enough to cover guys. I mean, I'm expecting Evan Stewart to play, right? I mean, maybe even if not, I think Moose Muhammad or, or Noah Thomas would still uh, be able to get get the uh, get the open looks to beat the secondary. And I, I just don't think the the uh, off the defensive line can generate the pressure to force a bad pass out of Max Johnson. So, no, I, I don't think the state's defense has improved enough. Not yet. And unfortunately, we're saying not yet in today as we record this. It is November 9th. You can't be saying not yet about improvements or anything on November 9th. In September, that's one thing, right? You're still figuring things out. It's November. Um, and, and, and really, I think we said this last week on, on the preview show, right? Sometimes we just don't know what Mississippi State team we're going to see. I think the rest of the season, we know what, what team we're going to see out there. I mean, yeah, you might get that, you know, big blowout win over Southern Miss, whoop-de-doo. Um, yeah, you kind of know what team you're going to get out there. So, yeah, they're, they're not going to stop that AM offense. Another big thing to watch, I mean – for State's defense is, I mean, can they limit what AM can do on the ground? Again, I think this is a game where the Aggies would want to ideally lean on the run game a little bit more. Now, their rushing game has been pretty inconsistent. They went over 200 against Auburn and Arkansas, but then they had several weeks where they were, you know, kind of down a bit. Against Ole Miss, though, last week, who had actually been a somewhat decent run defense, they had 152 yards, 4.2 a carry, which is, a, you know, a solid output on the ground state's run defense has kind of been up and down um that auburn was able to run on them really effectively you know alabama's its own situation but arkansas and kentucky both went over 100 yards but both of them were under four yards of carry arkansas was under two yards of carry now sorry under three now obviously sacks factor into that but and i will say kentucky did have a stretch where they ran the ball pretty effectively against mississippi state several plays in a row that's going to be something to watch. If State's defense can force A&M into some long yardage situations, I, and I feel like I'm saying this every week because it's kind of true for a lot of teams, but it, it's one of those like, – there's just not many college offenses that are capable of regularly being able to convert if you're facing third and eight. You don't have a lot like, – like Ole Miss is a team that I will say, you know, Mississippi State, you, you can get them into long yardage, but Jackson Dart – and that's going to be the game plan, but Jackson Dart's played good well enough this year and with Trey Harris at receiver – like, that's a team that, yeah, you get them in the long yards, but you still got to find a way to get off the field because they can throw the ball around, which is not something I would have said about them last year. With AM and Max Johnson at quarterback, 
a banged up Max Johnson at that. And then potentially we're talking about a freshman. I don't think they can do that. I think they have to be able to run to stay ahead of the chains. Um, and then it's, uh, if you're state, you have to find a way to force some, force some third and longs. If you're going to give yourself a chance in this game on the other side of the ball, that's where it gets a little bit even more tricky for Mississippi state. Uh, the AM defense has been really good for much of this season. They're giving up about 22 points per game. Um, and, okay, I know I'm saying really good. Yes, they had 38 points allowed to Ole Miss, but you have to bear with me here. They're really good at a spot that is a problem for Mississippi State. Their defensive line and really their front six as a whole could cause some terror for the Bulldogs. When you look at their starting defensive line, Shamar Turner, five sacks, Fidel Diggs, four sacks, Walter Nolan, four sacks, McKinley Jackson, three. It, it, a very, very strong group. And then you have Edger and Cooper as an inside linebacker who's leading the way, seven sacks on the season, 16 tackles for loss, and a team leading 59 tackles. Just a dominant player there in the middle of their defense. This is about as talented a defensive front as State has faced all season. And when you talk about the Bulldogs, having the issues that they've had in pass protection, which has probably been somewhat better recently. Like, I don't think the sacks they took against Kentucky were so much that it was bad pass protection. I think some of that was quarterbacks holding onto the ball too long. But, which, that's that's been a problem for a, a while as well and has led to plenty of sacks. I don't think you're going to be talking about holding onto the ball too long against a and I, I don't know how State's going to be able to successfully block these guys up front. And for that matter, like, a ms run defense has – Mostly been pretty strong on this season. Um, really, the only team who has run on them was Tennessee, who ran for 232, but it was it was still under five yards per carry. And some of that was Texas A&M played A&M. Texas A&M played Tennessee with an intention of we're forcing them to have to run the ball. We are not going to let them get the explosive shot downfield. We're going to force them to have to go on these long drives. And really, it was effective. Um that game was 20 to 13, and Tennessee got a punt return touchdown to win that, if I remember correctly. Is that right? You want to look One that second. up real quick. I, I think it was like only 13 offensive points from the balls. I think it was a punt return touchdown that was the difference in the game. Um, but, I mean, you look at that, the other previous high was 144 yards to Auburn on 41 carries. Ole Miss was under four yards per rush against them, and Quinshawn Judkins had a pretty good day. But, AM's run defense has been really strong on this season. State's rushing offense has been pretty inconsistent, whether it's Mike Wright at quarterback or not. And look, I guess we can get to that now. That's kind of the big talking point is whether or not Will Rogers is going to be able to play. He is practicing. Um, you know, we'll see on Woody Marks. I I'll tell you, I I'm not running Woody Marks out there and getting him more banged up if he's questionable. Now, look, if Will wants to go. So be it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say let him run out there. Um, but whether whether it's Mike Wright, whether it's Chris Parson, whether it's Will Rogers, I don't, I don't really think you're getting a run game that's going to challenge him. If you're Mississippi State, your only chance in this game would be through the air, uh, where the Aggies have been a bit susceptible at times this season. Um, they're allowing so it's under 200 yards per game, but. They've, they've, there's been a few games where they've really been lit up. Uh, Miami threw for 374 on them. Uh, Alabama, Jalen Milrow went for 321. Jackson Dart went for 387 against them. 
They've they've allowed 13 touchdowns, just four interceptions, seven and a half yards per attempt. Teams have been able to find some success through the air. They've been susceptible to explosive plays in the passing game. Now, a lot of that comes down to whether or not does your quarterback have time. I don't know if State's quarterback is going to have time. You know, if it's Will Rogers, I trust him to identify a, a weak spot, you know, the quickest. Um, and, you know, Josh DeBerry at corner is a good player for them, but their secondary is sort of that weak link in that defense. But I also know that he's going to be the most susceptible to taking the sack. Mike Wright, even with his scrambling ability, we saw what happened last week. And Chris Parson, we, you know, we were excited for him, but he also took a couple rough sacks in, in that game. I just don't know, like, State's receiving core is talented. You know that Will Rogers is a capable quarterback if he is the one out there, and that's going to be a big if. I just don't know if you got time to throw. Um, so I guess speaking of that, the big debate, look, I think we would both agree if Will Rogers is able to play, you play Will Rogers. If he is not able to play, do you let Chris Parsons first start the College Station, Texas, against this A&M defensive front? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm a hard no on that, and and a few reasons. I mean, you make the argument that – I don't think it was his first start, but one of Will Rogers' first starts early on was, was in Athens, Georgia, uh, against a pretty good Georgia team, and he had a good game, right? We didn't quite win, but – His official first was Vanderbilt. Now, he played he played extensively against Alabama, but KJ Costello had started that game. Uh, his his first real start was Vandy. All right. Well, yeah. Well, then Texas A and I, I remember now. But he, he, his first start was still Georgia. Vandy. I'm thinking his the first Georgia start game was still Vandy. I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping over. Uh, what were you saying? I was thinking of the, the Georgia game later in the season. I don't know how I mean. Because so, I was worried about throwing him out there because, like, man, it's, it's freaking Will made his first performance against Kentucky. He That's played right. some against Alabama. He came in in the second half against Texas A&M and actually led a few nice drives. And then he got the start against Vanderbilt. Georgia was, I think, uh, maybe the next game. I think they had a week off. I think they that's because they pushed the Auburn game probably back. Probably a COVID game, yeah. There was like, so Just they took a week off and they came back to Georgia. Yeah, I, I'm a hard no on that. I mean, I, I think we have higher expectations for Chris Parson than we did for Will Rogers. Um, so, yeah, I, I just go hard no on that. Let Mike play it. Let Mike take some of those hits. I mean, I know it's hard to say, but uh, Mike's a graduate player. Uh, he's on his way out. And, and if a senior quarterback wants to play, let the senior quarterback play, who, who's made starts before, right? Um that's that's my take on that. You see any way State can have a chance in this game? No. I don't. But if they do, well, picks can fly, I guess. But it's just it's impossible to see. The, the way they're playing so far this year, no. I'd say no. I think I tend to agree. Um, if I were to lay out a pass, I do think you would need Will Rogers to start. Um, which I don't want to do and risk. I really don't want to risk hurting him. Um, but but I think that would kind of be your your only real shot at it. Uh, I would say, I mean, it comes like Rodgers is able to hit some explosive plays in the passing game. 
and then State's defense for, uh, forces enough negative plays to get A&M off balance. Uh, and I, I think you would need something like, a, you know, a, a few turnovers to kind of help set you up. But that that's that's really the, the only path that I can lay out for State getting this one. Um, but, but I just think it, I think it's going to be really tough for MSU's offensive line to handle what A&M has up front. And I don't know if they can really exploit that secondary if you, you, I know you can't if your quarterback's on his back. And then I, I do think the talent that AM has on offense will just win out enough that they're able to to get this one done. Uh, prediction time, what are you going with? Got AM 38 to 10. I don't think the Aggies can score quite that much, and I am going to adjust it a little bit. Um, I'm actually knocking down quite a bit from where you are. I'm saying AM 27 to. Saying 27-10, I, I also have 10 from State. I just have a hard time seeing the State being able to get the score, which technically would be a cover from the Bulldogs. So I think I think I just did my weekly picks from Maroon White Nation. I might have taken AM to cover. I don't remember what I chose in that game or not, but whatever. 17 points is pretty close to that spread anyway, because I think it's probably right around there. I, I don't think AM's offense is just going to be able to light it up with some of the, the questions that they have, but I think they can do enough in this game. And, and State's just – Offensively, I just don't trust trust him. Uh, time for our weekly picks. Dan, you did make up some ground. Uh, it was a six and four week for you. I went five and five. Um, we were both wrong about Florida. You were wrong about Kansas State. Came very close to getting that one though. Uh, we were so both close. wrong about both wrong about Oklahoma. I was wrong on USC. Uh, props to you on. I mean, you took Washington. I kind of. I guess I was the one who was being risky taking the Trojans. Both wrong about Miami, which that is a very interesting situation where NC State, MJ Morris just announced that he is uh, redshirting the rest of the year. He got his four starts in and said, nope, I'm redshirting the rest of the year. After leading them to wins over Clemson and Miami, uh, that's the era of the sport we're in. I thought Zona would have a letdown. They did not. Arizona is a wagon at this point. Shout out to Tom Fernelli on the cover three pod. UCLA gets it, uh, get, gets another loss and, uh, yeah, the Wildcats are six and three. All right, time for our weekly picks. We need. I want to try to go through these pretty quickly. We don't have a ton of time here. Number eight, Alabama goes to Lexington. Can the Cats challenge Jalen Milrow in the Tide? No, Alabama. I think Alabama wins this one pretty easily. Milrow is playing really well right now. Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Gamecocks are bad, but are they bad enough to lose to get, uh, Vanderbilt? Nope, Vanderbilt sucks. Go Cox. Top 14 matchup here. Number 13, Tennessee goes to number four, Number 13, Tennessee at number 14, Missouri. Tennessee, a one-point favorite on the road. Who are you going with? Give me the Tigers. They're coming. Look, they couldn't get it done against Georgia, but I trust them here. They're going to win. I got them. I think this one's down to the wire, and I just – this one worries me because Tennessee's offense has really killed Missouri the last few years, but I think Mizzou's offense is – just good enough to challenge Tennessee's defense. Well, Tennessee's defense is good, but I think Missouri could be a bad matchup for them, and they are at home. I'm also taking the Tigers. Uh, Auburn goes to Arkansas. The Hogs are a favorite at home. Two and a half, two and a half points here. Have they turned the season around? Uh, enough to not be seventh in the SEC West. I got the Hogs winning here. They will finish the year fifth in the SEC West with this win. Uh... Number nine, Ole Miss goes number two, UGA. Does Ole Miss have any real shot at challenging Georgia? Yes, they do. 
They won't quite get it done. They do have a shot, though. Also, did I even make my pick for Arkansas? I don't think I did. No, no. <laughs> I hate we're, we're we're picking the same. I would like more uh, interesting. I go. I'm also going with Arkansas. I think they have flipped things around around a little bit. I don't trust Auburn yet. Uh, as for Ole Miss and Georgia, Ole Miss is not going to stop Georgia once in this game. Their pass defense is terrible, and Carson Beck is really freaking good. Also, Georgia's starting to run the ball better, and Ole Miss's run defense. I know earlier I said that they've been. That's been the better part of their defense, but they've been susceptible as well. Now, the Rebels are going to be the best offense Georgia has seen, but I don't think they get enough done against what's still a really good Georgia defense. Yeah, UGA gets this one, and I think they cover the 10.5. Florida at LSU, two terrible defenses going up against each other here, but uh, I'm assuming you're going to go with the Tigers. Go Tigers. I will all stick LSU, but I think Florida can cover. I don't think LSU can stop them enough. Probably the game of the day, number three, Michigan at number 10, Penn State. This is huge for the Big Ten East standings. Penn State has to have this one to still stay alive. Can the Nittany Lions get it done? I think so. I'm the dummy who keeps picking Penn State. Give me the Nittany Lions. I don't think Penn State's any good. Oh, they're good, but they're not good to the level that Michigan is. And I don't care about all the distractions around Michigan right now. Uh, I I still think they're going to go and I think they can hammer Penn State. Number 18, Utah goes on the road to number five ranked Washington. Washington kind of flipped things around last week, but their defense still looks, yeah, but can Utah do anything on the road? Don't think so. Michael Penix still, he's still going. Grab the bow and arrow, folks. He's going to win another. Yeah, the Utes put a 50-burger on Arizona State, but that's Salt Lake City, and that's also Arizona State. They might be able to get some points here just because Washington's defense is not great, but – uh, I think Washington is able to handle business. An over-under of about 28 points here uh, for the total. Rutgers goes to number 22, Iowa. We should be asking, does the, okay, A, who wins? B, does the total go over or under? Well, it's obviously going to go under. We 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 And I, I'm picking Iowa. Folks, we need to appreciate just the joy we have of watching these Brian Ferentz coached offenses um i'm gonna miss it i know he's on his way out i'm gonna miss it just kidding it's awful to watch but they can have some fun games like when they got screwed in the game against minnesota on the punt return but yeah i got iowa winning this one Dabo sweeney i also have iowa and i also have the under Dabo sweeney claims that if clemson's a stock you better buy now because that stock is going up he he had a message to noah from spartanburg uh about how the hating and that Clemson's back after their win over Notre Dame. Now Georgia Tech comes in. Georgia Tech, who has won on every even week of the season and has taken down some better teams this season in North Carolina and Miami. Does Clemson fall into the trap? I don't think so. I I think Clemson's still pretty good. I think they're a good team. I got them winning. I'm doing it just because it's funny. Give me Georgia Tech because that would be the most hilarious thing ever that Dabo started, you know, rip, ripping a promo, and then they lose to Georgia Tech. All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll have – we'll see what happens on the next pod based on what happens in this game. We might be changing our football content for the rest of the season, but obviously we'll have more basketball to talk about down the line, and uh, we'll, we'll see where football season takes us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Dan for hopping on. As always, swing your sword. Hail State.